Why do we not sing Bethel Hillsong and Elevation Worship music in our worship gatherings and why you shouldn't either? On this episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast, I want to lay out to you why we don't sing music from those sources and hopefully help you understand why you shouldn't as well. Next on the Doctrine Matters podcast. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, if you watch the intro, you know that we're going to be talking about why we don't sing Bethel Hillsong and Elevation Worship music in our worship services at our church and why you shouldn't either. This is likely something that you've heard of for maybe even a couple of years now, something that is at the forefront of many people's thoughts and minds is why we shouldn't or should sing music from these type of sources. And when I mean these type of sources, what I really mean are those sources which teach a different gospel or they're far removed from the biblical worldview that we hold tight so dearly as Christians. Many of these places, all of the ones I've named, have moved away from biblical teaching and entered into some self-help Uh, You are the greatest kind of teaching, and that is very dangerous. And I want to give just a little bit of scripture to back up why I don't believe that we should be singing songs in our churches from these type of places. Now, if you're listening and you attend a church that is much like Elevation Worship, Transformation Church, Pastor Mike Todd there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Life Church TV with Craig Groeschel, um, Elevation Worship, Stephen Furtick, uh, Hillsong. I don't know who the pastor is there now. They're going through their whole uh, whole bunch of stuff over there. But uh, Or uh, another church that's big is Bethel in Redding, California with Bill Johnson, I believe, is the pastor there. Maybe you attend a church like that. Maybe you sing those songs. And I'm just going to tell you that if you attend a church like that, that I would be very careful about listening to the songs, but also listening to the teaching that is coming from the pulpit and line it up with the scriptures because what you sing matters. What you listen to matters. The teaching you hear matters. So let me just read a passage of scripture for you here from 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'm going to start in verse 3 here. It says, If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words... Those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it. If we had food and covering with these, 
we shall be content. So here we're talking about though, or Paul is talking about those who minister, those that are pastors, that they should not be teaching anything for great gain, for some money situation. They shouldn't be lining their pocketbooks. They shouldn't be preaching and teaching to build themselves a platform. It should be for the glory of God, and they should be content in preaching sound doctrine, but unfortunately we don't find that in many of these churches where some of this music comes from. And that's where I really want to get into on this episode is why we shouldn't sing that. So when we go back and look at these churches, whether it be Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, Transformation Church, uh, LifeChurch.tv, we can look at all of these teachings and we can see that they all have one thing in common. It's a very me-centered theology. It is not a God-centered theology. It's, it's more exalting of man and self than it is of God and Christ. So when we see this, what tends to happen is it's a false teaching that comes from these sources. And sometimes we hear some of the music that comes from there, and the music doesn't sound as bad as the teaching. But herein lies the problem. When you start to listen to the songs that they sing, all of a sudden, maybe the the institution or the church it comes from isn't that bad. Or maybe somebody that's new in the faith gets a hold of one of these songs and then goes down the rabbit trail of watching another song, which leads to a sermon, and all of a sudden, those people find themselves listening to Stephen Furtick or or Mike Todd or, or somebody like that. And they're going to hear a very me-centered sermon to make them feel good about themselves when really we need to hear sermons that are going to show us the glory of God, the wickedness of our hearts, and our need to repent and live in obedience to Christ and His Word. You don't get a lot of that with some of these churches. So uh, somebody might argue with me and say, well, a lot of people aren't going to just listen to the music and then go down the rabbit hole of listening to the sermons and I would say maybe that is a few number, but if one person does it, that is one person that is being deceived and hearing a false gospel. Paul is very clear in Galatians that those who teach a different gospel, not that there is one, let them be accursed, let them be damned is essentially what that means, to hell with that person. So there is no other gospel, and the the problem is these quote-unquote churches are promoting a false gospel, and we may look at their songs and say, well, the songs are pretty good, but when we support the songs, we support the institution it comes from. We're essentially saying, we agree with your doctrine, we agree with your stance on these things, and therefore, we're going to sing these songs, and although we really don't want to agree with you, we are, in a sense, because we're supporting the music that comes out of these places. The problem is music is formative. Music is formative. And then you think about some of the old rich hymns that are full of doctrine and and even some of the newer uh, modern songs that have come on the scene as of late. All I have is Christ. He will hold me fast. Um, uh, Only a holy God. Just to name three right there. Those songs are full of wisdom, full of doctrine, full of how awesome God is and how holy He is. But when we listen to some of these other songs that are coming out, uh, we, we, we tend to say the same old empty phrases over and over, and maybe uh, one or two of the songs are actually what we might say doctrinally accurate, 
And the problem with that is there's only few and far between that are actually doctrinally accurate. So we're having to go through a, fl- a, a, a whole bunch of songs that are just mediocre to no good when it comes to doctrine to get to the one or two that is. But then, if we're not careful, we'll be stretching that limit just a little bit. All of a sudden, we may think that we, we did this one. Let's just do this one now. And then let's just do this one. I heard a, a church the other day, and I was listening to their music time, and I heard this phrase, if I heard it once, I heard it 20 times in a row, hell lost another one, I am free. Hell lost another one, I am free. I would much rather you sing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I would love to hear people saying, holy, 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 over and over, instead of hell lost another one, I am free, really fast, and the rest of the song is just very uh, happy and clappy, and it doesn't just do anything for us. So why should we not do this? Because what we sing matters. What we listen to matters. Again, music is formative. Singing is formative. And if we're going to sing anything in our congregations, why would we not make sure that whatever we're singing is aligned to the Scriptures? That is something that is going to stir in our hearts and in our minds long after the preaching is over. Two weeks after a church service, you might say, well, I don't remember anything that the pastor preached two weeks ago, but I sure remember that song we sing. And you may think, hell lost another one, I am free. It may be catchy, but free from what? Now, granted, I will tell you that I don't, know the whole song. Uh, maybe it tells you what you're free from. But the, even in the songs, most of them are going to be me-centered as well. When everything that we need to be singing should be focused on the glory of God, the majesty of Christ, uh, the, the goodness of Christ, the graciousness of God, the mercy of God, how good He is and how thankful we are as believers to be saved by grace through faith. You may think, well, some of those old hymns are boring and and some of those modern songs are just not cool. Well, here is the problem, is the church has been trying to conform to the culture so much to be relevant and cool that it's left biblical doctrine, that it's left theology behind because we're trying to fit what we like, what we want, our preferences in this little box, and we're trying to fit God into there, and we're putting these cool songs with the electric guitars and the drums, and I'm not against electric guitars and drums. However, the older I get, the more I see it, the more I would love to walk into a worship service anywhere in the country and just hear voices, maybe a guitar, maybe a a, a small uh, cajon type thing. That's a, a box that you can hit to keep the beat. Uh, nothing grand because I want to hear the saints of God sing. So when you walk into these places and you're singing these big songs that you hear on the radio or in some of the biggest churches, then you're going to be singing more about yourself than you are about the triune God of the Bible. And we need to be singing about the triune God of the Bible every chance we get. Now listen, Can you listen to Hillsong and Elevation Worship and all those things in your car and sing them at the top of your lungs? By all means, do that if that's what you want to do. But when it comes to the church 
and our worship gatherings, we want to make sure that we are singing doctrinally rich songs. And I, I know it's not cool, but I'd rather err on the side of not being cool and being biblical than being relevant and not singing songs that don't matter and pointing people to heretical churches. Because here's the problem with that, is you can get into these, uh, going down these rabbit holes of watching these guys preach, and, and the thing is, they're very good at what they do. They're very good speakers, they're, they're very charismatic, they're very uh, easy to listen to, and if you're not careful, you'll like the message because it makes you feel good. Who doesn't like things that make us feel good? You may not feel good about this message because I may be stepping on your toes because you love singing Graves in the Gardens at your worship service or whatever song is Hell Off's Another When I Am Free. You may love that song. Maybe your favorite song when you go to church. But is it going to be edifying? Is it giving God glory? Is it coming from the right sources? Is it Christ exalting? Is it changing and shaping you as a believer? Our song should do that. We don't just walk in and sing for 30 minutes and just wait till we get to the preaching. Singing is a part of worship, and singing is a part of formation that is forming us and teaching us and helping us understand. And I want to be careful saying the word formation because that's a, a lot of word of faith and NAR stuff, formation, but it's, it's, it's helping us form a thought in our mind and connecting it to our hearts when we sing true biblical doctrine. When we sing the word, it is it's forming that within us so we can think clearly about the Bible and less about ourselves and think clearly about who God is and less about who we are. We need to see ourselves as broken, sinful people. And I heard somebody say one time, why do you want to see yourself like that? That's just kind of one of those things that uh, uh, is just kind of depressing. And, and really, when we see it ourselves that way in light of who God is, it changes things. Because God has redeemed us. He has saved us. And we should want to do nothing more than sing biblical, doctrinally rich songs back to Him from sources that are not compromising on the gospel. From sources that are not compromising the Word of God for fame and health and wealth and all of those things. So that is why we don't sing songs and we are always vetting songs, where they come from, who wrote them, uh, what churches they're from all these things, and uh, hopefully you'll take into account those things as well. So if you have any comments, please leave them there below. And uh, if not, I'll catch you on the next video. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and God bless.